1: TC Minneapolis-St. Paul. FM 107.5 K298-CO Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. Due to COVID-19, the Salvation Army's services have been strained. From their addiction dependency programs to housing assistance and worship services, your gift today can make all the difference in them continuing to do the most good. Help fill the Salvation Army Pantry and support food distribution by giving now at am1280thepatriot.com. Just click Here to Help. The Here to Help campaign is supported by Frauenschuh & Shoe Commercial Real Estate. The Salvation
2: Army's Here to Help fundraiser is going on right now. And wherever there's a need in the Twin Cities, the Salvation Army is there. They are so much more than a thrift store and bell ringing. And the Here to Help campaign is supported by Frau & Shoe Commercial Real Estate. Just past 2 o'clock on this Sunday afternoon here in the Twin Cities. Take a look at your forecast from the Homestead Road Weather Center. It's mostly sunny today. We've reached the high of 74. And we got hour two Brad Carlson of the Narn starting right now here on the Patriot.
3: By for the Northern Alliance Radio Network and go launch sequence. Engineering, go flight. Master control, go flight. Studio engineer, go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We
1: have the The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air, live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is
4: the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 12, I'm Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with our number two of the broadcast we like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org, and we are here to take a phone call at 651 289 4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NARN show. That's hashtag Aaron show for any comments or questions. And if you'd like to follow us on Facebook, feel free to do so. Just go to Facebook.com. Do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And uh, they will bring you right to our page. And I always do preview videos on the NARN page every Sunday for the show to kind of give you a sneak preview of what may what may be going on. And you know... Uh, If for some unforeseen reason that there's a snafu on air, uh, you could always just cue up that video because I'm kind of talking about what I'm going to talk about on the show and maybe even giving him a little monologue on that. Now, that wouldn't be a that wouldn't be a sufficient substitute, I don't believe. So and and we won't uh, we won't tempt fate by uh, speaking. Something like that could actually happen. So I will move on. Uh,
2: Brad, do you mind if I jump in really quick here? What's up? Uh, so, the Here to Help campaign, yep, going on through tomorrow. But you can also visit Business 1440's website and Freedom 1570's website, uh, Twin Cities Business and Freedom 1570.com. You can find all the information on the Here to Help campaign. And also, we were talking about Twin Cities com. I feel like we should also mention this. If you go to AM 1280ThePatriot.com right now, you have a chance to sign up to win a $2500 in our back to school shopping spree and if you are selected we'll also give $2500 to your school and that is all supported by twincitiestuitions.com
4: outstanding i tell you we have in all honesty the Salem Twin Cities cluster we have some phenomenal partnerships we sure do uh impacting others in the twin cities we really do and, and and i appreciate the clarifications on that yeah we uh tremendous partnerships it's gives me great pride to be part of this uh Part of this Salem uh, Twin Cities family, and especially, and uh, you know, you hate to use this overused phrase, but it is true, in these unprecedented times, uh, we <laughs> have uh, these very valued partnerships because um, people are, uh, there's a lot of flux in people's lives right now, and they don't know what's going to happen when. I said F-L-U-X, flux, in case anybody's wondering, what did he say? No, not worry, my finger's um, on the dump button right now as yeah. we speak. <laughs> it's all good, it's all good. A lot of uncertainty. Uh, that's for sure. And so we, we appreciate all of your support with, you know, you, the listeners listening to us, uh, you know, the spot Dennis Prager does look, just support our marketing partners. And that keeps us going. And speaking of Dennis Prager, I don't know if he's listening, but happy 72nd birthday to the indomitable Dennis Prager. Who's heard on these very airwaves Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Central time for the Dennis Prager show. Uh, one of our favorites, that's for sure. Dennis Prager, 72 years old. And, uh, doesn't seem to be slowing down uh, at all, that is for sure. So we appreciate that. Hey, want to continue to talk some local stuff. Want to get to this item real quick. From the Minneapolis Star Tribune, this story was published last Tuesday. Minneapolis police say Umbrella Man was a white supremacist trying to incite George Floyd rioting. And this is a uh, Libor Janny uh, wrote this piece, again, the Star Tribune. A masked man who was seen in a viral video smashing the windows of a South Minneapolis auto parts store during the George Floyd protests, earning him the moniker Umbrella Man, is suspected of ties to a white supremacist group and sought to incite racial tension, police said. uh, Minneapolis police arson investigators said the act of vandalism at the auto zone on East Lake Street helped spark a chain reaction that led to days of looting and rioting. The store was among dozens of buildings across the city that burned to the ground in the days that followed. This was the first fire that set off a string of fires and looting throughout the precinct and the rest of the city, Sergeant Erica Christensen wrote in a search warrant affidavit filed in court this week. Until the actions of the person your affiant has been calling Umbrella Man, the protests had been relatively peaceful. The actions of this person created an atmosphere of hostility and tension. Your Affiant believes that this individual's sole aim was to incite violence. Police identified an umbrella man thanks to a tip that came via email last week, Christensen said. The Star Tribune could not independently verify the police account, which has so far only surfaced in the search warrant, and isn't naming the man because so far he has not been charged with the crime. The man, who has a criminal history that includes convictions of domestic violence and assault, did not respond to messages seeking comment. Spokespersons for the Minneapolis Police Department and the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives, which is also involved in the investigation, declined to comment. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, a couple things here. First off, he this was gleaned via from a tip via email. So forensically, how are you gonna identify this person? This person was dressed in all black and carrying an umbrella, so there's no facial recognition going on. Uh he didn't leave there's no forensic evidence that could be gleaned because he was wearing gloves, so there was no like fingerprints. Uh you know, unless he bled on something, there's no DNA. I don't know how if there was any if he spat on somebody, you can get DNA via saliva, but it doesn't look like that's the case. So how do you know for sure that this is the, this is the perpetrator? This is Umbrella Man? How do, how, how do you know this? You're giving an email tip. Because for weeks, all we heard is that Umbrella Man was a cop from the St. Paul Precinct. And that because he saw his fellow police officers being pilloried for the George Floyd incident, that he was going to look to uh, incite violence and divisiveness and therefore smash out the windows, and that caused a chain reaction. Well, this person that you think is Umbrella Man, how are you going to prove that definitively if this person vehemently denies it? And again, people may surmise that I'm taking this route because I'm in denial that it could be a white supremacist. I don't care what group he's from. If this is true, if this this is who they believe it is, and he is a white supremacist, then he needs to be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. Full stop. I'm not going to dispute that whatsoever. But the problem is, where this is going down the road of, this guy is responsible for three consecutive days of rioting and looting. Now this happened, this uh, act of vandalism by Umbrella Man took place on Wednesday evening. Well, let's go back. Monday, George Floyd was killed the photo and video of that act came out on Tuesday and people gathered at thirty eighth in Chicago the cup foods where George Floyd was killed and it was a very peaceful gathering. People were commiserating over the senseless loss of this man who didn't deserve to die. And again, I'm not I I, I really resent that people bring up George Floyd's history about some of the bad stuff that he's that uh, some of the bad stuff he's done in his life. That has no relevance to what happened that Monday. If there was a crime committed, okay, fine. Produce evidence and charge him with it. But regardless of what he did, it wasn't worthy of the death penalty. I mean, I think we can all agree on that. So my point is, Tuesday, there was that peaceful gathering around the Cup Foods. And then all of a sudden, the nearby 3rd Precinct, there were a few individuals... Who are vandalizing the third precinct as well as vandalizing the cars? Okay, and Reverend Christopher, friend of the broadcast, witnessed this, and he was distraught Tuesday evening because he said, "You know what? We keep shooting ourselves in the foot," meaning we, the black black community. He says this was a very productive gathering of people of all different backgrounds and political stripes and and, and races, and yet a few idiots. Vandalized the third precinct. This was Tuesday night. The incident with Umbrella Man happened Wednesday. Well, then on Thursday, there was more rioting and looting once the sun started to go down and fires set. And same thing with Friday. Friday was the worst when you had boy mayor Jacob Fry and Governor Walls basically disappearing. And you had news. It got so bad that the news media, the news media who does not call out, left-of-center elected officials very often was flat out calling out Governor Walls and, and and Mayor Fry for their ele- for their perceived inaction. Okay? So my point in bringing all this up is umbrella man responsible for all four nights of unrest? Is is that is that the tactic they're going with here? I could see on Wednesday night when he started smashing out windows of that auto zone that that caused a chain effect, but guess what? The next day the sun rose and people came out and and tried to help clean up, and tried to bring peace about the neighborhood. But then as the sun started to go down again, people started rioting and looting again. You're trying to tell me that this individual, this umbrella man, was responsible for Thursday night too? And then the same thing Friday. Friday morning, the sun came up, people came out to help clean up, and wipe graffiti off uh, some of the buildings, and help clean up rubble, and pray over the situation in the city, and everything else. Then as the sun went down... Uh, more rioting and looting took place. You're telling me Umbrella Man is responsible for that too? Because that was the the insinuation. I saw this all over my social media. A lot of my progressive friends wagging their fingers saying, well, there it is. We've been trying to tell you that it wasn't uh, people from the neighborhood that was doing this. It was actually white supremacists. I guess you ought to be eating your words now. And it was some variation of we told you so, we told you so, we told you so. Well, the problem is whenever an incident of civil unrest takes place whether it is riding and looting over whatever cause or wherever the, whenever there's a mass shooting in particular it's always 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 laid on white supremacy and then when the facts come out and it turns out white supremacy white supremacists weren't involved and white supremacy wasn't a factor no one's made to apologize they still say, "Well, we still need to bring awareness to these issues." Well, guess what? The progressives finally saw their proverbial Sasquatch. They, they, this was a, a, a white supremacist. This individual who they think did this is identified as a white supremacist. Now, the name has not been released yet because guess what? He hasn't been charged. So, if they got the right person, why has he why has he not been charged with anything? This story came out last Tuesday. That's five days ago. And again, if 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 I'm not trying to give off an attitude of, oh, wow, I hope they're hope they're wrong. I don't care what member group he's from. If he's a white supremacist, so be it. He needs to be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. And whatever nefarious things that the white supremacists had going on here, who, by the way, are just as anti-cop as a lot of these protesters that were running around. Uh, in fact, I'll read, let me um, read uh, more of the story here. A subsequent investigation the real, revealed the man was also an associate of the Aryan Cowboy Brotherhood, a small white supremacist prison and street gang based primarily in Minnesota and Kentucky. Several of its members were also president, uh, present at a Stillwa- Stillwater incident. So, uh, yeah, th- this was uh, the affida- in the affidavit. Uh, the Sergeant Christensen watched in innumerable hours of videos on social media platforms to try to identify Umbrella Man to no avail investigators finally caught a break when a tipster emailed the Minneapolis Police Department identifying him as a member of the Hells, Angel, Hells Angels biker gang who wanted to sow discord and racial unrest by breaking out the windows and writing what he did on the double red doors. So police have also connected as a 32-year-old man to a widely publicized incident in Stillwater late last month, in which, or late in June, I should say, in which a Muslim woman was confronted by men wearing white supremacist garb. So, okay, if this, so this is a 32-year-old man that they've identified, so why has again, I ask, why hasn't he been charged with anything? And if he is charged in this incident, is he, is he going to be held responsible for all four nights of looting and rioting? This is what I'm not understanding here. You know, you can do the old, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. Well, look, look who has actually been arrested and charged with crimes and arson and whatever else. People that live in the Twin Cities. Remember Governor Walls? I think it was Thursday night or Friday night, I don't remember which, saying he believed 80% of the individuals committing these atrocities were from out of town and then later had to backtrack and say, well, I kind of got ahead of my skis on that one because they didn't want to believe that it could be people locally doing this stuff because we're so insecure that way. But now... Uh, apparently they have someone in custody and and hopefully they got the right guy i'll say this hopefully they got the right guy i'm not into political narratives here if you want to jump around and celebrate the "ha, ah, we were right it is white supremacist okay fine but it still doesn't change the fact that with every piece of civil unrest it seems to be rooted in white supremacy and it almost almost never comes to fruition so you know, I guess broken clock is right uh, twice a day. So this is a story that we're going to keep an eye on. Again, I've been scouring around, haven't seen the name of uh, of anybody, of this individual, this 32-year-old. So th- obviously formal charges have not been made as yet, but that's something, a story we will continue to follow closely. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. Brand Carlson, The clothes are coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere.
1: Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart. Tune in and radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide.
5: Relief factor. Effective pain relief that really, really works. How do I know that? I don't have a script. I don't have talking points. I live it. I've been taking it for a year and a half. I had a lower back pain issue that had been plaguing me for nine years, almost a decade. I took relief factor for two months. Weeks, Yes, two weeks and my pain was gone and it's still gone. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. Don't take my word for it. See their incredible video testimonials at relieffactor.com.
6: For more than 20 years, investigative filmmaker Tim Mahoney has traveled the globe for evidence of some of the Old Testament's most miraculous events. Now, with the Red Sea Miracle Part 2, journey to Egypt and beyond as Tim interviews the world's foremost experts to discover the truth. The results are faith-affirming and fascinating. You must see Patterns of Evidence, the Red Sea Miracle Part 2. To see this powerful documentary and others in the series, go to SalemNow.com and use the promo code Minneapolis for 20% off.
0: Instant closings, instant cash, and huge savings. Plus, there are no realtor fees, no listing fees, and no repair costs. Just cash in your hands for that painful property. They're buying a few more houses in your
1: neighborhood this month. So take advantage of this cash offer and call Quick
0: Cash Offer now.
1: 800 775 4514. That's 800 775 4514. AM 1280, The Patriot, and iHeartRadio. They go together like freedom and the Second Amendment. Listen at iHeart.com or with the free iHeartRadio mobile app. Welcome back. I got something to
7: say.
8: AM
4: 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in by Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. Hashtag N-A-R-N Show. For any comments or questions, as always appreciate you tuning in. And we do want to get to a uh, quick phone call. Before we move on to other topics, uh, Robert from Minneapolis is on the line. Hey, Robert, you are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go ahead.
3: Thanks, Brad. Uh, just listening to you read up to the article and the progression of it, I wasn't certain where you were going. When you finally started pointing out the ideas, they are pointing to an instigator. Of course, we all want justice. I appreciated you expressing that, but you're right. It seems like it's misguided to say, hey, this one guy is the cause for all of the violence uh, in our particular neighborhood we had some local businesses burned down right at the end of my street. Uh, and to me, it was a matter of, well, what, who, who is doing this? And uh, to, mm-hmm. to blame it all on one person. And like you said, the, the scapegoat, uh, suppose right white supremacy. Certainly if there's if someone done wrong, let's have justice. But what about all the others? I think we can't connect them all. And I thought that's a very good point.
4: Yeah. I appreciate the, uh, appreciate the uh, compliment, Robert. And yeah, um, you know, like I said, if, I'm no legal beagle, whatever incitement entails. I think it should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. But what what I don't understand is like, well, it caused division and tension, and therefore all these other people went crazy and started rioting and looting. So we don't have any control over our emotions when we hear like glass shattering and buildings being ransacked. That we're not, we don't bear any responsibility. Like, hey, how can you expect me to remain calm in this time? Of uh of unrest, I gotta, I I gotta do my own damage myself. I I just don't understand where they're going with that. Again, maybe I'm not reading what they're saying correctly, but like I said, it just it just seems like too many people, particularly my social media feed, were saying, "Told you so," "I told you so," "I told you so." It's not people burning down their own neighborhood; it's outside instigators, particularly white supremacy, trying to sow racial division. Which apparently there were some elements doing that, but to blame it solely on that. Uh, I think is a grave error, but and, Brad, and, and proof positive people yeah. that have actually been charged and put in jail for their role in that. So thanks for the call, Robert. We appreciate it. And Brad, I got a question actually, and you can yeah, tell me if this is just complete nonsense
2: or not. So he was arrested on Tuesday or Wednesday? Which one was it?
4: Well the story came out on Tuesday, so okay. right around that time frame, Monday okay. Tuesday, I guess. But we don't know the charges yet, correct? Well, there hasn't been a name release, okay. so that unless hmm. he was so uh, yeah, there can't okay. have been any charges filed. Do you think
2: maybe because that information hasn't been released yet, they may be trying to like get information out of him potentially to see if he wasn't acting alone? Maybe. Do you think that they're like going through more of a vetting process?
4: Oh, sure. Well, I mean, that was, that was the rationale in that story. I, I didn't read that part of the story, but okay. apparently he and his white supremacist buddies had a, uh, some sort of warehouse down there. And they wanted that protected because apparently they run some sort of drug trafficking out of that area. And they wanted to protect their business. Oh. So therefore, they're going to create a distraction by, you know, having riding and looting so that they can, you know, get their business done with, uh, with, you know, law enforcement otherwise occupied. And that was, again, from the Star Tribune story. I don't know if there's any merit to that, but that apparently was the rationale uh, given or from what they've been able to glean from the investigation thus far. So, yeah. We'll see. Something to uh, hopefully we get uh, more updates on. But I do want to get to, and I'll probably take a next segment to talk about this too. Uh, the NBA has returned. I'm not a big, uh, not much of an NBA fan. I really haven't been a big NBA fan probably since. Ever? Uh, <laughs> well, no, no. I, I was a huge Lakers Magic Johnson fan okay. back in the 80s, and I loved the Showtime Lakers. They were my favorite sure. team. Yeah, and and it's not like yeah,
2: and it's not like the Minnesota team has given you much to cheer for over the last thirty some years. So,
4: and the Bulls, uh, you know, I was not a Bulls fan, so I rooted vociferously for anybody who played the Bulls. I guess it stemmed from, and I talked about this when we were talking about the Last Dance uh, documentary that came out a few months ago. Uh, My hatred of the Bulls was stemmed in they knocked out my Lakers in 1991, and that, and I never really forgave them for that within the context of basketball. (laughs) So. Um, so I watched basketball throughout the '90s, and and then that Lakers dynasty of Shaq and Kobe, I watched. I had a vested interest in because I didn't particularly like that Lakers club. I was I was more of a San Antonio Spurs guy. I hmm. loved the Spurs with big fundamental Tim Duncan and Ginobili and Tony Parker, uh, and then of course David Robinson's last hurrah was 1999 when he he and Tim Duncan won a championship together. So uh, I guess you know I've been a fan of LeBron's and mm-hmm. I watched LeBron, and I was ecstatic when Cleveland finally won in 2016 over the Golden mm-hmm. State epic comeback. But really the last few years, I, I just haven't been interested in it. And again, has nothing to do with their far-left advocacy. You've got a lot of far-leftists in that league, particularly coaches Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich, frequent critics of the president, which as citizens, that's their right misguided as some of the things they might say. I mean, they're, they're also big anti-gun people, which I take serious umbrage with, and, you know, will we'll respond in kind. And I love how, you know, some of these uh, apologists for uh, athletes and coaches speaking out, when you rebut what they say, like, Whoa, oh, well, they're, they're, just, they're just athletes and coaches. You know, they have a right to have an opinion, but you know, it's like, well, right, they do. And I have a right to respond how they're full of crap. And you say, well, they're they're just athletes and coaches. You know, just just let them have the platform to say what they want to say. No, I don't accept that. You know, you want it both ways. You're, You're telling me, well, their opinion isn't that important, but they're right to have it. Well, guess what? I have a right to rebut it because they've got a huge platform. And I get to say how misguided they might be. Now, LeBron, with his huge platform, saying what he says... I'm not going to be able to effectively rebut it, right? Because he's got the attention of many where I don't have attention of nearly the millions that he does. So I say that that the NBA resumed this past week uh, and there were two games on the first night. There was the uh, Utah Jazz playing the New Orleans Pelicans and then the latter game was the L.A. Clippers and the L.A. Lakers. Well, in the first game, Pelicans and Jazz, every single player and coach took a knee every one of them was wearing a Black Lives Matter t-shirt. You had Black Lives Matter uh, letters painted on the court in their little bubble down in Orlando, Florida. Again, all fine. I have said from day one, when Colin Kaepernick first started doing the kneeling thing in the summer of 2016, I didn't like it. I would never do it, but I don't take issue with it because as long as the 49ers organization was okay with it, it's not a It's not a First Amendment issue because, well, he's got First Amendment rights. Well, right. He's protected from the government not throwing him in jail. He's not protected from a team that says, you know what? We don't want your services here because we think it's a distraction. You can argue whether that's right or not, but there it is. So my point is, I don't have an issue with them taking knee. It wouldn't be my method of protest. Well, every single one of these NBA players took a knee. And then subsequent games showed some player standing. You had a member of the Orlando Magic. He was the only member of his team standing, and he was the only member who did not wear a Black Lives Matter t-shirt. Young black man. Jason, refresh my memory. What was his name? The young man's name? Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac. I hadn't ever heard of him before, to be perfectly honest. Um, But he decided to stand during the National Anthem and not wear a Black Lives Matter t-shirt and basically said it's rooted in his Christian faith. He doesn't serve worldly gods to kind of paraphrase what he said. And Jason, you were, we were talking, I think before the show where some reporter asked him what, so you don't think black lives matter. She asked this, asked of a black man. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the, uh, you know, the, the, the audacity some of these reporters have, but whatever, they're just trying to be provocative instead of reporting news, which I guess that's, what's become of journalism these days. So when we come back, I'll, I'll pick this up in the next segment. Um, The NBA, in my mind, whether it's the commissioner's office with the commissioner himself, uh, owners, coaches, players, a lot of front office people, um, their advocacy for human rights, I think, shows is revealing a stunning hypocrisy. Uh, ESPN came out with a pretty damning story that is just laying that bare, and we'll get into that in more detail coming up. In the next segment, and also available to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere.
7: Mirpool and Spa still has those Arctic spas in stock. Yeah, you mean I can go in and get a spa right now with no waiting? That's right. Some of the models do have waiting, though, but they do have a lot of in-stock spas, too. They also have grills, pergolas, outdoor kitchens, fireplaces, you know, everything you need to make your backyard the perfect place to hang out in. Yeah, with as much time as we're spending at home, it's worth making it a great place to be, eh? You can do it yourself. I don't know about you, though. Or hire it out that's maybe the better option if you can find somebody to help you well i know a couple of friends and maybe some ice cold beverages that could come and help me well maybe you'll come over and help too yeah we'll think about it Well, go over to premier pool and spa and see those arctic spas today they're the spas engineered for the world's harshest climates you deserve it yeah visit premier pool and chan today premierpools.com premier pool and spa where we take fun seriously premierpools.com American pressure. Spray it.
0: Don't say it. one of the things american pressure offers is a complete pressure washer trailer that means there's a water tank hose reels and everything else you need to do mobile cleaning where you've got the dirt we've got them available for rent lease and purchase and we'll customize a solution for you if we don't have it on our show floor
3: stop in today to find out more From sharing the gospel and providing summer camps to disaster recovery and feeding the hungry, wherever there's a need in the Twin Cities, the Salvation Army is there, serving all without discrimination. Throughout this week, we're sharing stories of the positive impact the Salvation Army is making, how amplified the need is at the moment, and how you can answer the call to help our neighbors in this trying time. When you make your gift now at our station website by clicking here to help, your dollars go to work in our community, in particular to help those relying on the Salvation Army Food Pantry right now. These are our neighbors hit hard by being out of work due to COVID-19 or who are living paycheck to paycheck and just need a little extra help to get back on their feet. Together, we can meet this rising need and help our community today. So please, donate now. Just click here to help
1: at am1280thepatriot.com. The Here to Help campaign is supported by Frauenschuh Commercial Real Estate.
3: That's am1280thepatriot.com. And thank you. Welcome back. La, la, Patriot. La, la, la,
4: la, Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. Uh-huh. 651 289 is the number call. To you can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag Narn Show for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Continuing our discussion on uh, the NBA's woke activism, where many players uh, taking a knee, donning Black Lives Matter t-shirts, the basketball court, uh and their bubble down in Orlando, Florida has the phrase black lives matter in the court. Uh interesting diversion though and and I, you know, kudos to to San Antonio Spurs coach Greg Popovich and assistant coach Becky Hammond. They actually stood during the national anthem. Basically, you know, they obviously, well, I don't know Becky Hammon's uh, political leanings, but Greg Popovich is an unabashed leftist and a frequent critic of President Trump. And he said, you know what? You can't say that I'm not a big advocate for progressive politics and progressive causes and particularly an organization like Black Lives Matter. But I'm going to stand for the national anthem in solidarity for those players who also want to stand. And you know we we played a clip from Marcellus Wiley of ESPN a few weeks ago when he said that the Black Lives Matter, you just need to look at the Black Lives Matter organization's website about how they're looking to destroy the patriarchy and values of Western democracy, and Marcellus Wiley talks about how that flies in the face of basically creating the best atmosphere for young black families. And Marcus Wiley comes from the nuclear family, straight out of Compton, born and raised in Compton, California. The the hood. And I remember him saying, you know what, is there going to be room for dissension? And players who stood were asked about it, but that's about as far as it went. There was a pitcher for the San Francisco Giants who was the only player to stand during their national anthem, their opening series against the LA Dodgers. He was asked about it and that was it. So are we finally coming together to where we can stand or kneel in agreement, in unity? I'd like to think so. Because again, that was never a deal breaker for me for players kneeling during the national anthem, even though that's something I would never do. So hopefully we are, but... What I want to get into is an ESPN story. And you know what? Kudos to ESPN for blowing the lid off this that puts the NBA in not too flattering a light because the NBA has a multi-million dollar deal with ESPN because ESPN broadcasts their games, the wine share of their games. And for them to report on this story shows that they're actually putting journalism first, you know, ahead of the bottom line. And while that shouldn't be lauded, in this day and age, yeah, that shows some courage, so kudos to them. Uh, this is, uh, again, ESPN story, Steve uh, Feneru and Mark Finneru-Wada. Long before an October tweet in support of Hong Kong protesters spotlighted the NBA's complicated relationship with China, the league faced complaints from its own employees over human rights concerns inside an NBA youth development program in that country, an ESPN investigation has found. American coaches at three NBA training academies in China told league officials their Chinese partners were physically abusing young players and failing to provide schooling, even though Commissioner Adam Silver had said that education would be central to the program, according to multiple sources with direct knowledge of the complaints. The NBA ran into myriad problems by opening one of the academies in Xinjiang, in, in, a. Uh, is it pronounced Xinjiang? Yeah, Xinjiang, a police state in western China where more than a million Uyghur Muslims are now, now held in barbed wire camps. Oh, <clears throat> not only that, let me interject something real quick. There was a drone video that was put out on Twitter a couple of weeks ago that showed Uyghur Muslims being blindfolded and their hands tied behind their backs on their knees waiting for trains to arrive to round them up and send them to a concentration camp. What does that remind you of? that conjure up any images from a uh, not-so-glorious past in a certain uh, country in Europe? Yeah, I think it does. Anyways, American coaches were frequently harassed and surveilled in Xinjiang, the sources said. One American coach was detained three times without cause. He and others were unable to obtain housing because of their status as foreigners. A former league employee compared the atmosphere he worked in Xinjiang to, there it is, World War II Germany. In an interview with ESPN about its findings, NBA Deputy Commissioner and Chief Operating Officer Mark Tatum, who oversees international operations, said the NBA is reevaluating and considering other opportunities for the Academy program, which operates out of sports facilities run by the Chinese government. Last week, the league acknowledged for the first time it had closed the Xinjiang Academy, but when pressed, Tatum declined to say whether human rights were a factor. We were somewhat humbled, Tatum said of the Academy project in China. One of the lessons that we've learned here is that we need to have more direct oversight and the ability to make staffing changes when appropriate. In October, Houston Rockets general manager Daryl Morey's tweet in support of pro-democracy protesters led the Chinese government to pull the NBA from state television, costing the league hundreds of millions of dollars. The controversy continues to reverberate as the NBA prepares to resume play this week after a a a four-and-a-half-month hiatus because of the coronavirus pandemic. China Central TV recently said it still won't air NBA games, and U.S. lawmakers have raised questions about the league's business ties to China. The SPN investigation, which began after Maury's tweet, sheds new light on the lucrative NBA China relationship and the costs of doing business with a government that suppresses free expression and is accused of cultural genocide. This isn't this folks, this isn't an issue. This isn't an issue. The NBA already has this pretty much under control. All players have to do is wear jerseys with their favorite social justice cause stenciled on the back, as well as paint Black Lives Matter on their basketball court. Nice and tidy. They're done, right? That takes care of it, doesn't it? No, not so much. This is, this is the problem I have. Well, I got a lot of problems with it, but first and foremost, if in light of these human rights abuses where, in China, where, again, the NBA and its players have profited quite handsomely, even though, again, the China has pulled TV rights. That's cost the league a lot of money, but they've still made a lot of money. The players wearing slogans, social justice slogans, on the backs of their jerseys and painting Black Lives Matter on the court, it's empty rhetoric. It's empty rhetoric as long as you are continuing a business relationship with, with a regime like this, which is resembles literally resembles Nazi Germany, the things that they're doing over there. If you genuinely care about human rights, guess what? It isn't just human rights in this country. A lot of people say, "Well, wow, that's uh, you know, we, we shouldn't stick our uh, our, bit, our nose in the." You know affairs of foreign countries. Well, then don't take their money. Don't take their money. It's pretty simple. If you're if you're good enough to take their money, then guess what? You ought to be able to stand up and say something about it. And if they want to pull their business out, fine. Say you know what? It's not worth the extra millions of dollars, con- considering what they're doing to human beings over there. Because there's there's human rights abuses and injustices that have taken place in in america no doubt about it nobody's disputing that and standing up on behalf of those people is a is a noble thing to do it's the right thing to do and there's a lot more we can do than just paint slogans on our t-shirts and on basketball courts there is and that's not to say these players aren't doing that i'm sure many of them are very involved in specific communities but if you are really want to take a principled stance you tell China to go pound sand. Say, you know what? We're not down with this. And this was something that Michael Jordan had to face back in his playing career. Way back when Nike, the big complaint was they were using slave labor, child labor, to manufacture Nike shoes in these sweatshops in these third world countries. And many people said, you know, Michael, you're making all these millions off of Nike. If you threaten to pull your support from Nike... You know, that would be a big stance. I would think you would see immediate reaction taken by the company to, to shut down these operations if you threatened to, to, to pull your relationship with them. And he, and he never did it. But the difference is, Jordan didn't go around touting some sort of advocacy. He was strictly a businessman, wanted to play the game of basketball, and obviously we had a very lucrative side business with his endorsement deals. You can argue whether that's a, a moral stance or not, but he wasn't a flaming hypocrite on it. He wasn't pretending like he was standing up for causes, you know, for human rights abuses while ignoring it while he was making a bunch of money off of Nike. So, like I said, I have been quite consistent in my viewpoint of not being offended by pro-athletes' advocacy. And I'll say again, some methods of protest would be ones which I personally would never partake. But that doesn't mean I oppose someone else participating. But if NBA players and management they're going to decry what they contend are human rights abuses in America but continue to profit from relations with a communist country which engages in even more abhorrent behavior, then I can righteously ignore anything they have to say in the name of social justice. In short, the NBA can go pound sand. 651 289 4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. Hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Clothes, are coming back with one final segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere.
1: AM 1280, The Patriot.
3: Whoa. Look at all these options.
1: You can fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream The Patriot. Top shelf choices include am1280thepatriot.com, our free app, and radio.com.
5: Audiences everywhere are saying Uncle Tom is a must-see movie. Fantastic. Absolutely wonderful. Excellent. Breathtaking. A movie that is changing hearts and minds.
3: I really feel inspired. We're going to put up statues because of what this film may
5: do. An eye-opening masterpiece of the real history of America. They want to cover up. History. I didn't study that kind of stuff when I was in history. They are actively learning their history wrong. Why have you hidden this for me?
7: Starring Larry Elder. And Uncle Tom is somebody who has sold out by embracing the white man. Candace Owens. I'm a
5: black female. I should be at the top of the progressive stack. Brandon Tatum. They believe that I want to be accepted in the white community. Kind of like the house Negro back in slavery. And Herman King. As my late grandfathers used to say, I does not care. care. These are the voices of the movie Uncle Tom.
3: Get your copy today at UncleTom.com. Use promo code MINNEAPOLIS to save 20%. It's back to school time. So whether
7: your kids will be back at school wearing masks or you're keeping them at home, one thing will stay the same.
8: Back to school is expensive.
7: So let us help. Enter the back-to-school sweepstakes.
8: You could win $2,500 to help pay for school supplies and kids' clothing. Then your school gets an additional $2,500.
1: Register for the back-to-school sweepstakes at am1280thepatriot.com.
0: We're here with another satisfied JTR roofing customer.
8: What did your home need? We needed an exteriors update. We needed roofing, siding, um, entry doors, and our storm doors replaced.
3: Why did you choose JTR Roofing?
8: After meeting with their sales team and looking at the products that they were offering as well as the warranty, it was an easy choice to choose JTR.
4: What did you think of the work JTR did?
8: The job was completed in a timely manner. The crews were very professional and the workmanship was outstanding. We didn't have any surprises along the way or on our final bill. JTR was very knowledgeable and made it very comfortable from start to finish. Our house looks great. We received multiple compliments from friends and family. I was 100% satisfied with the work from JTR.
4: Go to JTRRoofingInc.com
8: to set up your no-obligation consultation. That's JTRRoofingInc.com.
1: You listen every day. I never miss it. So now it's time for you to join the conversation. Who, me? Like AM1280 The Patriot on Facebook and share your thoughts with like-minded conservatives. You can also enter to win prizes, learn about upcoming events, and more.
4: Well, thank you. AM1280 The Patriot, the Alliance Radio Network.
8: Northern Alliance
4: Radio Network is me, Brad Carlson. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NARNshow, hashtag NARNshow for any comments or questions. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. I don't have that much time left, but I probably could have taken a whole segment on the uh, memorial service for civil rights icon John Lewis. Of course, he's been a congressman of Atlanta for the past 33 years. And he was renowned, of course, for being part of the uh, Freedom Riders back in the pre-civil rights era, demanding, obviously, equal treatment, equal opportunity for all. I mean, he would go use the whites only restroom, okay, and was physically accosted and beaten for that. Okay, Remember, this was in the back in the days of the Jim Crow laws. And John Lewis, as a 23-year-old, gave a speech at the at the uh, Lincoln Memorial, 1963, p- just preceding Martin Luther King's famous I Have a Dream speech. And the things he accomplished as a young man in his 20s, just historic, undeniably historic. In fact, my wife and I went to Washington, D.C. Uh, back in the spring of 2019, and we were walking around the... Uh, Uh, offices where the House of Representatives, you know, have their particular, one of the office buildings where the House of Representatives have their offices. And we were just walking around seeing all the names we could recognize. And we walked by John Lewis's office and we kind of milled around hoping, you know, maybe he would walk in or out and we might be able to catch him, say hello to him, get a photo op with him. And, you know, he's he's a Democrat. So obviously a lot of his policies we don't agree with, but it's undeniable what he did and what he endured on behalf of civil rights in this country. And and he wrote a beautiful piece in the New York Times that was released after his death, specifically after his death, you know encouraging people to continue in the struggle for equality because this country it's it's worth it. It's worth it to do, but here here's a couple things I take issue with. Number 1, Democrats, they turn every it seems like they turn all funerals into political rallies. We all remember the Wellstone Paul Wellstone funeral when he was about 2 months away from his uh from being reelected to the US Senate out of Minnesota in 2002. You know, he and his uh wife and daughter and some staffers died in a plane crash. And the funeral turned into a big political rally to try to reelect or to, to try to elect Walter Mondale who took Wellstone's place on the ballot. Ultimately Norm Coleman was elected uh um, senator that year. And then you have the George Floyd funeral where well, you had Reverend Al Sharpton turned it into, you know, give Colin Kaepernick a job. Um, okay, what does that have to do with the uh, George Floyd being mourned? You know, and they just turn it into a big progressive rally. Well, the John Lewis funeral, same thing. You know, President Obama, he said, you know, we need to honor John Lewis by passing the Voter Rights Act in his name and his honor. And meanwhile, Let's take back the White House. Let's take back the Senate. And while when we take back the Senate, let's get rid of the filibuster so everything is passed on by a simple majority and start getting some real reforms done. And I realize, wow, I don't miss the Obama presidency. As much as I loathe Trump some days, this may be unpopular with some, but I don't care. I wouldn't take Obama back over Trump. Wouldn't happen. To some that might be obvious. To others it may not be. But so be it. There you have it. Don't miss the Obama presidency. But what really rankled me is how laws are for little people. Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser put out some self-quarantine restrictions in light of the COVID-19 pandemic, basically saying anybody that travels during the COVID-19 public health emergency from certain areas have to self-quarantine for 14 days. And one of those areas, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia. Where was the John Lewis memorial service this past week? Atlanta, Georgia. Who was there? A lot of people, members of Congress, who were going to be going back to where? Washington D.C. Oh, well, they're going to have to self-quarantine for 14 days. Ah, uh, uh, well, no, no, that's only for non-essential people. They're they're the they're the only ones. Any, any residents uh, who are non-essential they have to quarantine for 14 days but but they, they, these are essential. Oh, okay. So the 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 coronavirus can distinguish between who's essential and non-essential. Well, that glad we clear that up. I mean, seriously, how is how is that science? These progressives would like to cite science for every one of their decisions regarding this COVID-19 pandemic as they should. Okay? Because it should decisions should be rooted in science for this. I'm not saying otherwise. But then all of a sudden, well, you know, social justice protests, you know, white coats for black lives because, you know, racism is a public health issue. Yeah, you know, protests where there's not any social distancing going on. Oh, OK, that's that's acceptable. So you wonder why people are 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 bristling at these mandatory mask mandates, face mask mandates. You wonder why people are questioning the the government's intentions over this, okay? And I and I and I and this is coming from someone who wears a mask whenever he goes out in public. So you don't need to get come at me with that kind of stuff either. But I'm just saying, I can to, I can totally understand why people are not really much listening to government over this kind of stuff. And another thing, and I mentioned this on Mitch's show yesterday. I called into Mitch's show, it was John Lewis, civil rights icon, but we don't look at the whole picture. Herman Cain who also who was 74 years old also grew up you know in in a segregated society and built himself up to be a very successful businessman and ran for president but yet the only thing he's going to be known for is well he went to the Trump rally and probably caught the covid there and he ends, ended up dying of coronavirus and so there that's going to be Herman Le- Kane's legacy in the minds of many and they and people were jumping around like a bunch of cackling idiots Ah, oh, What a dummy, you know, he Trump and his anti-science and then what someone succumbs to Trump's anti-science uh, narrative You know, they're basically dancing on the man's grave But yet someone like John Lewis his record is beyond reproach You can't look at the entire picture because if you looked at the entire picture You would remember four years ago in the aftermath of the Pulse nightclub shooting John Lewis and a bunch of other Democrat members of Congress did a sit-in on the House floor demanding that the House pass gun control. And one of the proposals is anybody who is on a terrorist watch list or a no-fly list should be precluded from buying a gun. So here you have a civil rights icon coming out and saying that someone who has been neither convicted nor charged with a crime should be deprived of their, one of their civil liberties in purchasing a firearm. So, got the Second Amendment, got the Fourth Amendment, got the Fifth Amendment. None of that is ever brought up. And again, I would argue that John Lewis, if you look at his entire life, he'd have a positive balance on the ledger, in my mind. But he was in grave error with his anti gun stance. Why can't that be called out? Whenever a high profile conservative passes away, the headline always leads with, Something that was an inglorious moment in their career. But you take out someone like a chief terrorist and they're an austere religious scholar that passed away. So again, I'm not trying to dance on John Lewis's grave at all, but why can't the entire picture be looked at? Yeah, he's a civil rights icon. Well, then what was he doing demanding that people's civil liberties be undermined in 2016? But I guess we don't get to ask those questions, do we? I guess that's inappropriate. But guess what? I'm going to ask him here and continue to ask those questions. So there's a lot more I could have got into regarding that. And like I say, it was also a sad week. Herman Cain, who ran for president in 2012 on the Republican ticket, obviously did not get the nomination. Has a very compelling story. Go find it if you can. Ellen Carmichael on Twitter who worked for the Kane campaign, wrote a very, very poignant tweet storm that I think you should definitely check out. Didn't have a chance to get to it uh, today, but definitely check it out for yourself. Ellen Carmichael on Twitter. Folks, I've enjoyed it. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Godspeed, my
6: friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... If you've seen the first part of this investigation of the Red Sea Miracle, you won't want to miss the continuation. The results of his pursuits are faith-affirming and fascinating. You must see Patterns of Evidence, The Red Sea Miracle, Part 2. To see this powerful documentary and others in the series, go to SalemNow.com and use the promo code MINNEAPOLIS for 20% off. That's SalemNow.com and promo code MINNEAPOLIS to save 20% on Patterns of Evidence, The Red Sea Miracle, Part 2. SalemNow.com. Promo code Minneapolis.
0: This is a national health care alert from the 24 7 Diabetic Health Hotline if you a family member or a loved one has diabetes listen closely now regardless of your age if you have insurance you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket cost get free delivery free information and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free call the 24 7 diabetic health hotline now for details toll-free at this number but wait there's more if you call right now you could get a meter upgrade in addition we'll give you a free pair of diabetic socks as our special gift to you. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and have insurance, you may qualify
1: to get free delivery of your supplies. 800-439-7409, 800-439-7409, 800-439-7409, that's 800-439-7409.
6: At TwinCitiesTuitions.com, we recognize that this school year was a little different for you. With families learning how to work and learn from home together, we also recognize that this won't last forever. As you look ahead to the fall and a new chapter in your child's education, TwinCitiesTuitionS.com will proudly be here to help with 50% off your student's first year at a brand new school. To see a full list of our partnering schools or for more information, visit TwinCitiesTuitionS.com. AM
1: 1280, The Patriot is WW.